The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. I'm guessing many of you will be listening to this podcast after Christmas Day, and that's okay. It's a Friday. It's a weekday, which means we've got a show. I will not miss a show. I will not miss a show. Not no way, not no how. Giving you a little Wizard of Oz here on this Friday morning. Merry Christmas, as I mentioned. I'm Dan Bespris, your host here on Fantasy NBA Today. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Or, if you're having trouble spelling that delightfully Yiddish last name, just search for Dan from Hoopball. Google will assist as the uh, third option is generally my Twitter feed. Hoopball is hoop-ball.com website has a hyphen in the middle of it. They are at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter. We start today's podcast by letting you guys know that Hoopball's doing a giveaway on Christmas Day. So those of you that actually do listen to this show on the 25th, you've got a chance to win six free months of Hoopball's Fantasy Pass. That's a $30 prize. They're giving that away on Twitter right now from the Hoopball Fantasy Twitter handle, all you got to do is seek out a tweet that was sent earlier this morning, retweet it, and you are automatically entered. That's all it takes. It's all it takes is a retweet. Simple, right? Go follow Hoopball Fantasy, retweet that bad boy for a chance. They'll be drawing one name randomly at the end of the contest's set timeline. I think it was going to be 24 hours. Maybe they extend it because uh, people probably not paying quite as close attention to Twitter on Christmas Day. But go and check that out again. Opportunity to win a $30 prize from our buddies over at HoopBall. I debated in my mind what we could do today, because it's a Friday show, which means this one's going to be dangling out there all weekend long, to make this thing worth everyone's while. Historically, on Christmas Day, we've done kind of a quickie preview show, but we knocked that out yesterday, because historically, Christmas is in the middle of the fantasy season, so we're kind of in the grind already. So what I thought was maybe a more fun or maybe even you'd say more productive use of our time is to talk a little bit about some of the beginning of the season stuff that people need to not concern themselves with. And I'll explain myself here in just a second. Normally, as we settle in on this podcast, on Fridays, we do kind of a week in review and a weekend preview which we'll still stuff some of the weekend preview here towards the end of the podcast. Um, just kind of things to keep an eye on, but of course, game's going all day today, so there's there's all this stuff going down. That'll be towards the end of the show. What I thought might be kind of fun to do in the, the meat of this podcast is to look at some of the players off to either extraordinarily hot or extraordinarily slow starts and let you know what you should be making of that stuff. Because Twitter and I gauge everything that I do on this podcast based on the way people are reacting on social media, basically, what we're at right now is panic season in the NBA. Whether that's good or bad, I mean, it's generally bad, but I mean, whether your player's playing well or poorly, this is panic season. I can't tell you how many people sent a note to me that just said, uh, should I drop this guy? And my response is always, how many games have you watched him play so far? And the answer was, of course, one. 
Because 28 of the 30 teams have played one game, and two teams haven't even played yet. And we're talking about abandoning ship on guys you drafted probably in like the 7th or 8th round. No, 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 no. You didn't draft those guys to give them a one-game tryout, did you? The guy you took at pick 82 was someone you weren't going to hold for more than one game? I'm seeing questions about guys taken in the 60s if they should get dropped after one game. So the answer is a hard no, obviously, but this podcast will serve to hopefully bulk up the case on stuff like that. So let's go through through some of the names, and we're going to do this via preseason rank. So we'll use Yahoo's uh, projections and just look at some of the guys that had a horrible or pretty bad first game and try to allay some of your fears, and then we'll flip the script and look at guys that are having a really good first game and whether or not it's sustainable. So here's the guys that were drafted, and we'll 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 try to rocket through the top 75 or so because beyond that, yeah, I mean, you could make a case for guys getting dropped. But basically anyone drafted inside the top 75 at this juncture, you're not dropping after one damn game. For instance, Anthony Davis, he was horrible in game one, but nobody's asking if you should drop him, right? Because it's one game. Same thing with a guy like Damian Lillard or Devin Booker, who had eight turnovers, or LeBron, who was pretty bad. DeAndre Ayton was pretty bad. Russell Westbrook was good, but had six turnovers, no defensive stats. So just, you know, looking at some of these guys drafted in the top 25, let's look at these guys from a different perspective. Obviously, you're not dropping these dudes, but of course, one of the big questions is, you know, is... DeAndre Ayton just not going to be as good this year. He only played 24 minutes. Well, he was in foul trouble. He still had 13 and 8 with a steal and two blocks. He also missed three of his six free throws. That won't continue all year. This guy's going to be a bona fide top 25 per game center, and we're banking on him staying healthier this year. So, no, you're not abandoning ship on these guys. You're not selling on them. Everybody just calm down. But let's start to get into some of the names where people are having little panic attacks about what happened in game one. Player one on that list is Nick Vucevic, who had 15 and 11 in his first game, but shot five for just 13 and two for eight at the free throw line. Should you be panicking on Vooch? And the answer is, of course, a hard no. He's going to be fine. He's a 77% free throw shooter, not 25. He'll be 50% from the field, not 39. The one thing you should be a little bit worried about, and we saw this late last season, is that his role in the Magic offense actually decreased a little bit when they went to their higher tempo attack because in the half court, there's a ton of Vooch. In the half court, that was basically all they had. So they're trying to get out and run a little bit, which means his opportunities sort of on a per-play basis are going to be a little bit less. However, we've talked about this as well, they've added possessions... So it sort of evens out a little bit. And that, I think, is where you want to go with Vooch. In fact, if anything, he's an extraordinary buy low. See if you can get him for someone you drafted in the 45 or 50 range. Go Seriously, go get him. Stop the podcast right now. I didn't get him anywhere because I thought he would fall to 30, and he pretty much never fell to 30. I'm in a bunch of leagues against people that listen to the damn podcast. Go get him now. See what you can do. I mean, I don't know. Someone might be giving up on him after one game. Someone might be thinking, oh, this is going to be it's going to be a bumpier ride than I wanted. Like, nobody thinks he's going to be bad. But somebody that drafted him at 24 might be thinking, oh, you know what? He's probably going to be more like a top 40 or top 50 guy. So there's your chance. 
try to match that. Take a guy you took in the 50 range, you had a big first game. We'll locate those names here momentarily once we get through some of these other names. Here's a guy you probably should panic on a little bit, and that's Zion Williamson, who was taken near 30 in a lot of drafts. And yeah, he's going to get points and he's going to get rebounds because he's just a freak of athleticism, but he's also just going to tank your free throw percent all season long. He's going to have a ton of turnovers, and the question is whether or not he can actually get defensive stats. We don't really know yet. Points leagues rejoice. Elsewhere, meh. Chris Paul, yeah, he'll be fine. He had five assists, he had two steals. He just wasn't trying to assert himself. He wasn't trying to insert himself into the offense too much in game one. Jamal Murray, he shot one for nine. He'll be fine. These Basically, every name that I've mentioned so far, you can put on your buy low list. And I know what you guys are thinking. How do I buy low? Don't go throw some stupid, like, ninth round pick at these guys. The owners are not going to bite on that, and you're going to ruin the relationship to for any opportunity to trade with them in the future if you insult them right off the bat. Can't be like that. So when I say buy low on these guys, basically what I mean is offer someone who was drafted about two rounds later. That's your that's your benchmark, and then work from there. DeAndre Ayton, offer a fourth rounder. Vooch, offer a fourth or a fifth. Chris Paul, offer a fourth or a fifth. These are the things... That, that's how you buy low. It's incremental jumps. It's not, I'm going to, you know, my the guy I drafted at 100 who's uh, currently like Terry Rozier. I'm not going to go try to get Chris Paul for Terry Rozier. You're going to get laughed out of the trade that you offered. Don't do that kind of stuff. People are just going to think you're an idiot and you're trying to take advantage of them incremental bump, especially right now at the beginning of the year. This is a great time to do it. You could do it probably four, five, six times if you're really diligent with this stuff because people are panicking all over the map. Uh, Jamal Murray, I thought he was overdrafted to begin with, so I think if you're going to trade for him, you go with like a sixth rounder. Freddie Van Fleet, that's a buy low. Andre Drummond, uh, I don't know that I would go try to get him. Obviously, he's not going to be as bad as he was in game one, but I don't know that he beats his ADP by much, if at all. So maybe leave that one alone. You scale back a little bit. Mitchell Robinson, there's a nice buy low. Try throwing like a seventh rounder at the guy that took Mitch Rob. I'm trying to think of who else falls into that one. I don't know that I'd buy low on Hassan Whiteside, but if you could get him for one of those fringy guys. See, now we're starting to get into the territory of guys that people are panicking on, panicking on to, the, to the point where you might be able to get him for like a hot ninth or 10th round pick. Those guys that fall under that heading are TJ Warren, uh, Tobias Harris, you could probably get for like a sixth or seventh rounder right now. Rob Covington, you could get for pennies. Kelly Oubre, before he plays today, we don't know what's going to happen. You could get for pennies. Thomas Bryant, I bet you could get for very little. So this is the name of guys that I think of. Marcus Smart. Oh, go buy on Marcus Smart. He's playing in an hour or two. You better move quick. Who else is a nice little buy low in there? Wendell Carter Jr. is a little bit of a buy low. Don't go nuts, but, you know, think about offering Al Horford, who hasn't played yet. Maybe someone's upset about that game getting canceled. Brandon Clark, buy low. Rashawn Holmes, I love that buy low. He fouled out in game one, but it looks like they do want him playing significant center minutes this year. He could actually dominate his ADP because it looks like they want to go a lot of Rashawn and Bagley next to one another. 
go do it now. You've got a day, too. They don't play today on Christmas. That's one of my favorites. Rashawn Holmes is one of my favorite buy lows right now. Jeremy Grant is a buy low, although I don't think he's going to do that much better than his ADP, but if you can buy him for less than he was drafted for, that's a net gain. And that's probably your list inside the top 100, at least. Anybody outside the top 100, it doesn't really matter anyway. What about some of the sell-high guys right now? Terry Rozier, sell-high. And he's going to average 42? I don't. And 10 three-pointers? I don't. Sell-high. I don't know what you could get for him. That's hard. That's hard to know. Uh, I don't think most people believe that that's a sustainable thing. But if you can go out there and get someone like a late sixth type of guy early seventh that's a doable move that's one I would consider Steven Adams looks great so far drafted in the 70s 80s range if you go get someone drafted in the 50s I think I'd go do that um you're not gonna be able to move Darius Garland so don't even try he's only had one game under his belt uh other guys that have vastly outperformed their mark so far I would not trade DeJounte Murray by the way I legitimately believe he was drafted in the 50s and he will have a per game mark above that and he'll play healthy most of the year and and you know he looks like a guy he was on the D-bombs uh what do you want to call him the the not old guys but are still super exciting list he, falled, he, he, he was falling into that category. Let me see if I can remember exactly where he was uh, on the, the D-bombs non-boring list. Yeah, I have, him, I have his final rank at 35. I actually think maybe he could go higher than that. So I don't think that I would sell high on DeJounte Murray. I think he's just going to have a, a monster of a year. Um, some of the other names in here, guys that are overperforming that I think you could actually get something for. That, that's the question mark, right? Because there are plenty of guys that are overperforming so far. Uh, Mikael Bridges, by the way. You could probably sell him for something pretty good right now. Although, you know, he's going to have a good season. And if he's healthy, he'll have a great season. You're not going to be able to sell high on Joe Ingles. You're not going to be able to sell high on Evan Fournier. So that's the thing. Like, you could go through the list of people ranked inside the top 100, but it's about isolating the ones that have the name value to get you something back. There's a lot of guys that were sort of free agent types or end of draft types that had a really good first game. Uh, just just inside the top, oh, I don't know. Not that many actually inside the top 25. Darius Garland, RJ Barrett, probably the only two guys in there that you're not going to be able to move for very much. The guys ranked 26 through 50 so far this year as of Friday morning. Many of them free agent or end of draft types who had one big game. So those guys, you're just, you're not going to be able to move them for something. Here's the list of guys you're not going to be able to get anything for. So don't even try. Joe Ingles, you're not going to be able to trade up for very much. Evan Fournier, you're not going to be able to to boost him higher because people just aren't going to believe that, that like Evan Fournier top 30 is a sustainable number. Lonnie Walker, Goran Dragic maybe has a little bit of name power and people think he's better than he is because his percentages are good after one game, but you know those are going to drop off at some point here. I think he's actually playing pretty well in the morning game on Friday as we record this. Uh, Karis LeVert, you could you could try, but you know I don't think people are going to trust that. Jeff Teague, Alec Burks, J.J. Redick, Harrison Barnes, JaVale McGee, Malik Beasley. These are guys that had one big game, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to move them for someone that was drafted way in front of them because 
people know you picked him up off the waiver wire or drafted him in the 14th, 15th round. People just aren't going to sell the kinds of guys you'd want. You could you could probably trade a guy in that list for someone who's drafted like two rounds higher, but that's actually not really a net gain for you because once you get into that, you know, round nine through round 15 range of your draft, it's all a wash. You want to get out of that group by selling high on somebody. If you sell your 13th rounder, you want to sort of target nothing lower than like an eighth rounder. That's that's it. You sort of get out of that low pack, and then you can start to elevate by a couple rounds at a time. You take a hot eighth rounder, you try to get like a sixth rounder for them. You take a hot fifth, you try to get a fourth. Those little increases, whereas the free agent end of draft guys you got, the, the attack point there is, okay, hey, here is my, uh, here is my Alec Burks. I'm going to need to see someone you drafted basically in like the 80s back for me to feel like this was worth it. Someone that you trust as a decent 80s range guy who got off to a slow start. So there aren't a ton of dudes in there that are making this colossal mondo leap that I think you could utilize for a a significant gain. And the ones that did have a good first ball game, I think you probably hold on to a little bit more. I think their value goes up as they continue to put up good ball games. You have to go a little bit deeper to find guys that I think you could start to look at maybe getting a little bit of headway. Like uh, Aaron Gordon, for instance, who we like this year. I mean, I was I was up on Aaron Gordon. He had a good first game, 20-7 and seven, with uh, four steals, missed his free throws, but shot the ball relatively well from the field. You know, he was drafted in the 80s. If you could move an Aaron Gordon for someone taken... Someone you like, by the way, not just anyone taken in the fifth round, but if you could move him for someone taken in the fifth round, I would do it. That's a reasonable target. Not a massive jump. Small. Incremental. Small incremental bounces. Who else falls into that category in this group of guys kind of taken in the, in the middle to late departments? Um, not a ton. Not a ton. Best way to figure this out, if you're bored on Christmas Day and looking for something to do, is to look at Yahoo's pre-ranks and then see who exceeded them as well in a meaningful way, like uh, John Morant, who I believed was overdrafted anyway, but he's number one after one ball game. If you can trade him for someone who was a second rounder, you do it. You do it. Even if you think he's going to have a good year, you don't think he's going to be a second rounder. Brandon Ingram, monster first game. If you could trade him for someone drafted in the second round, I think I'd do it. Jalen Brown, huge first game. He'll be playing again probably by the time you listen to this podcast. You could trade him for someone taken in the third round. You do it. Chris Middleton, colossal first game. Go try to get a second or third rounder for him. See if you can just upgrade these guys by one round at a time. That's got to be the move here. DeMar DeRozan, try to upgrade him by a round. Gordon Hayward, Malcolm Brogdon, Michael Porter Jr. You could probably target even higher. He had a huge first game. Blew the roof off that OT basketball game. Lowry Markinen. See if you can upgrade him a little bit. Like we said already, Steven Adams. See if you can upgrade him a little bit. Mikel Bridges, Aaron Gordon, Victor Oladipo. These guys are all on the board. See if you can go get something for Davis Bertans because he shot the ball well, but he only played 20 minutes. Maybe somebody won't notice. So that's your buy low, sell high, early season primer. Go take guys 
Try to upgrade them by about one to two rounds. Getting a guy that you like in the process, not just for the sake of trading. Or if you have someone that was kind of a free agent end of draft type, see if you can get someone that was uh, a bit more established, that you know you can trust for season long. Okay? As always, want to give a big thank you to our buddies over at mybookie.ag. I hope you guys are betting along with us. As you recall, my handicap on this early game that's happening as we record the podcast was basically, uh, I wanted to bet the Pels, but it's Christmas morning. You just you don't know who's going to be awake for the ball game. And at least here as I'm talking right now, it looks like Miami's awake, and it looks like New Orleans isn't. And that's why you just, there, nothing, nothing is as simple as it looks. A little bit of a letdown spot. Young guys on the Pels don't really know how to handle the Christmas morning game. He just came ready. He just came ready. So glad we left that one alone. Let's look towards the rest of the weekend because there are a lot of ball games happening the rest of the way. Atlanta is at Memphis. We don't even have betting odds on the uh, Saturday and Sunday card yet, so we can't really do the handicap on today's podcast. But what we will do is what we've done in the past, much more traditional fantasy NBA Today breakdown. Oh, by the way, if you're signing up for an account at MyBookie, please make sure to use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, when you sign up. That lets them know who's setting you. It also unlocks some various deposit bonuses that do come with rollover requirements. But if you want, they'll often match your deposit, either 50 or 100% opportunity to get a whole lot more extra free play. And if you plan on hanging around there for a long time, as we do, you will eventually use up that free play. You'll, you'll get the rollover. So don't be too worried about that. Uh, if you're planning on kind of going quickly, Get in, get some of the odds boosts. Make This is what I like to do. I like to move money in and out of these accounts quickly so I don't use the rollover stuff just so that I kind of have the freedom, take a hundred, couple hundred bucks in and out of the account when I need to, move it to a different account, go do something else with it. Uh, you can leave the rollover. You can leave the bonuses on the table if you want. But please do use the promo code HOOPBALL. MyBookie.ag is the website. They pay out quickly and effectively. I've had no problems with them on that front. That's everybody's big question because it used to be super weird to do that kind of stuff with these online books, and it's just not anymore. MyBookie.ag. You bet, you win, they pay. Promo code HOOPBALL. Check it out right now. The Saturday card, Atlanta at Memphis. We, uh, we're still waiting for kind of our first full look at the Atlanta Hawks, so we'll handicap that team when we know a little bit more. We'll see if Clint Capella gets out there and makes his season debut. For Memphis... Uh, really good opportunity for Jaw to have another big ball game. The Atlanta defense not exactly known for being stout. We'll see if Brandon Clark can get a little bit more into the mix on that Grizzly side. But from a fantasy standpoint, this is really just sort of a overview kind of game. Just sort of be aware of everything going on. I don't think that this is one of our homework assignments. OKC's first ball game of the year. Said it before I thought they were going to play on Wednesday. There's a lot to pay attention to with the uh, with the Thunder this year. We want to find out who else is actually going to be involved besides Shea and Big Al. Is it going to be Baisley? Is it going to be George Hill? Is it going to be Lugens Dort? That's absolutely a homework assignment game. That's a 4 o'clock Pacific time start on Saturday. The Atlanta-Memphis game is actually a late afternoon start out here on the West Coast. But Thunder Hornets... Uh, and for the Hornets, I'm not super interested in what they've got going on over there other than, you know, which of the guards slash wings are, are going to be on the floor enough. Better move Terry Rozier before that ballgame because his averages will be coming down. That really is a game to watch because of the Thunder. 
there might be someone to snag seriously after 24 minutes. By halftime, you might know, oh, crap, like, George Hill played 14 minutes in the first half. Uh, Lugans Dort played 16 minutes in the first half. As you, as we see these things, you kind of want to react quickly because this is that time of year. Have your potential drop guy queued up already. Know who you're going to drop before the game even starts. You don't want to be sitting there thinking about it at halftime. Should I do it to this guy? There's always someone. Find someone. Cleveland at Detroit. We'll wait on Kevin Love's status for that ball game. That'll certainly change the front court minutes a little bit. Uh, Darius Garland, we'll see if he can have a nice little follow-up game here on the Detroit side. It's really all about minute splits. You know, is Mason Plumlee going to get most of the center minutes again against a big guy like Drummond? I would assume he does, but you just never know things like foul trouble and that nature. Does Jeremy Grant get on track here? Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, how much do the, the young guys do? What does DeLon Wright do? That might be another homework game, although that happens at the exact same time as the OKC-Charlotte one. Those are two games I want to be paying very close attention to. Orlando-Washington, not a game I'm paying that close attention to. There's a little bit of stuff on the Washington side, but nothing that I think you need to see as it's happening. That's a box score check of the ballgame, if ever there was one. Philly-New York, probably a box score check kind of game on the Philly side. Shake Milton is kind of the only question mark over there on the Knicks. You could watch it if you want. You'll probably be disgusted by what you're seeing, but, you know, you might as well. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel. This is another very hard matchup. They had Demonis Sabonis in their opener, and now they're going to have Joel Embiid. So, again, you actually do have a window to buy on those guys, Noel and Mitch Rob, because they're both going to get devoured in two straight games to start the year. You're going to see some serious panic after these two games. In fact... If you're looking at buying Mitrob or Noel, I'd probably wait until after this Saturday game. Roll the dice that you can get them at an even cheaper price because they're probably going to get pummeled. Indiana at Chicago. Uh, I don't think the Bulls are as bad as they looked in game one. Atlanta hit everything in that game, and a lot of them were at least partly contested, which, by the way, kind of brings me back to a couple of things. I don't think Atlanta plays as well in Game 2 as they did in Game 1. I don't think the Bulls play as poorly in Game 2 as they did in Game 1. So those are two perception reality things I would consider once we get lines out on these ball games. Chicago, uh, Otto Porter, Patrick Williams, that's that's the stuff you're watching there. Can Wendell Carter Jr. bounce back from his rough first ball game? Toronto is in San Antonio. I'm now a little bit more worried about Toronto. I know it was only one game, but the... The Pelicans just steamrolled him, and the Raptors looked out of sorts, so I wonder if they're kind of playing their way into game shape the way we've seen from some of these other teams that went deep into the bubble. Uh, they'll bounce back. They'll be okay. Spurs are playing a, a faster tempo game. I would look at maybe an over here because I think the Spurs are going to catch a lot of betters by surprise with how fast they're going this season. You're watching Keldon Johnson there, who had a big first one. Um... That's pretty much it. We know we've got fill-in stuff going on. Lonnie Walker filling in for Derek White. That's a long stream opportunity, so it's not it's not nothing. But uh, you know, if you're if you don't want to drop someone that has season long potential, then certainly that's on the table. Toronto side, uh, you probably have about from the time of me recording, you probably have about thirty hours to buy low on uh, Norm Powell and Freddie Van Vliet if you are so inclined. I think I would be. I like them both. I think they have good ball games here against the Spurs. And then their price tags will go up. Minnesota, 
What? Who is Malik Beasley? Like, what is he this this season? He's going to get suspended at some point, but we don't know precisely when. But who is he really? Like, is he going to take that many shots? Is he going to score 20 points a game this year? I don't think so. But I also don't really know. The Wolves are a little bit weird from a handicapping standpoint. You know you know, Cat, you know D'Lo. You know, what is, what's Ricky Rubio going to do? What's Malik Beasley going to do? This is not a homework game necessarily because you can you can look at the box score and you can see how much somebody played and how many shots they took. But uh, they are intriguing. There may be something there. Utah, they're pretty predictable. Not much there. Phoenix at Sacramento. Um, I, I, man, I, you guys know the Kings were, now that the season win total stuff is done, the Kings were my biggest over bet, my biggest season win total bet of the entire year. I believe they were my only three-unit wager. I think Sacramento's going to have a really good year. I bet them in their opener. They won outright against Denver. I, I took this the eight points, but because uh, I'm a wimp, I didn't put anything on the money line. But I, I, they're going to beat a number of good teams this year, the Kings are, because they're just going to play the right way for their personnel. They're going to play fast, and by playing fast, they're going to stay in ball games. They're going to keep up in a way they didn't last year, where they just sort of slowly ground themselves into 14 and 15-point holes. That's probably not happening this season. I love Phoenix, too. Uh, I should have bet them on Wednesday. I that If you listen to that podcast, I said I was really thinking about it. I ultimately left it alone, and that one got left on the table. Uh, I, did, I think they have some growing pains in Phoenix. I think we saw some of it in Game 1. Luckily for Phoenix, the Mavs were also sort of growing, painting their way through a, a clunky season opener. But now Game 2 here... The fact that Phoenix is trying to work Chris Paul in becomes a a bigger focal point than the fact that everybody was just sort of rusty. So now you got the the rust is off, and you're going to get a little bit more of a track meet, but with Chris Paul trying to figure out where his teammates like the basketball. I like the Kings again. And then Houston is at Portland. The Rockets make their season debut. I generally like to back teams that have played a game against ones that haven't. This is a little weird because Houston has so much crap circling their teams. You're going to get a weird betting line on this game. Uh, but I'm leaning Portland in that one. I think they'll be much better here in Game 2. No way that Dame is as bad as he was in Game 1. From a fantasy standpoint, Phoenix, not a ton of question marks there. I mean, you know, how many minutes does Jay Crowder play is sort of the only thing I'm really keeping tabs on. Sacramento, I think what we saw in Game 1 was a team that wants to use a combination of Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley in the front court, which would be great for both of them if they don't foul out frequently. And if that's the case, and again, I, I think you have a tiny window here to maybe buy on Rashawn Holmes. I would do it. Throw some offers out there. Just see what happens. Like, even even those of you that I'm playing in a league against, I think, that are listening to this pod, you probably don't believe in him quite as much as I do. Uh, but I watched that ball game because I had a bunch of money on the Sacramento side against Denver. And, you know, aside from the foul trouble, Jokic created a whole lot of foul trouble for the Kings' front court. They, they didn't really want to use Hassan Whiteside more than sort of the bench, go out there, block some shots, try to get some dunks, run the second unit group, or, you know, be the big man with the second unit kind of thing. It looks like they want to get Rashawn Holmes some minutes. So go get him. Houston, Portland, you know, Houston, you're just whoever's in there. Like, you're not going to be able to get a good handicap because uh, we don't know who's eligible to play. It might be all of them. I think the report was that Harden was expected to be able to play in this game, in their opener, but I don't know about John Wall and Boogie. I don't know how many negative tests they have to get after being exposed to their teammate. I already forgot the Rook's name. And then on the Portland side, like 
buy low on Rob Covington because he'll probably have a, a few goodies against his old team. And he was not a revenge game necessarily because I think he had a good run with the Rockets, but nobody likes to get traded. Nobody likes to get traded. I think he thought he had a good thing going in Houston, and then they shipped him off. Uh, Portland's going to play a lot better. Simple as that. Simple as that. Sunday. We do both days, guys. We do both. This is a whole weekend preview. You guys ought to be ready for everything we can throw at you this weekend. Sunday, Dallas is in Los Angeles again. They're taking on the Clippers this time. You know, they've got a game. Both of those teams play here on Christmas night. So I don't know that we need to really preview what's going on in the Sunday game because we already previewed the Christmas matchups for both of these teams. Brooklyn, Charlotte, we talked about those two teams. Spurs, Pels, we're covered there. Orlando, Washington, we're covered there. Philly, Cleveland, yep, good. Milwaukee, New York. Is anybody playing on Sunday that doesn't go today or tomorrow? That's the real question. Uh, No, doesn't look like it. All right, so we don't need to do Sunday because everybody that's playing on Christmas or Saturday, uh, they're, they're going again on Sunday. So there you go. NBA is trying to get everybody to two games as fast as they can, it appears. A lot to keep watch on. Don't worry, we'll do what to watch for on Twitter in case you forgot anything that we just talked about on the pod. We'll do a betting handicapping tweet storm for that big Saturday card, I'm going to have a bunch of plays. I can already tell you just from looking at the matchups without even seeing the lines, I'm pretty sure I know what direction we're going. Obviously, the lines might change that if something comes out and it's way off from what I expect, but I don't think they will be. Uh, so this was a little bit shorter than our typical Friday show. Again, going forward on Fridays, we'll do a, a week in review, but that seems a little silly since each team has only played one game to this point and a weekend preview edition will break down sort of the hottest pickups and drops of the week. But this one, of course, is Christmas. It's a little bit different this time, and we haven't really had any NBA under our belt. Go do some buying and low, uh, buying low, or buy lowing and sell highing. That's a good way to celebrate Christmas. And go retweet the uh, prize tweet over at Hoopball Fantasy. Go win yourself a six-month Fantasy Pass membership, which includes... Our amazing new Discord channel. It really is unbelievable. I mean, it's it's really like I am floored at what's going on over there. We have to load people in one by one to make sure that they get the correct permissions, depending on whether they have the DFS pass, the fantasy pass, the wager pass, all of them together under the Hoopball 360 uh, umbrella. So we have to load people in basically one by one, checking them off the back list so you don't get anybody in there that, that didn't actually get a subscription. And there are already like 280 people in the Discord hanging out with the Hoopball pros. Uh, for instance, Brent Carlson, one of our pros, has a live chat tonight, Christmas night at 7 p.m. Pacific time in the Discord. Opportunity to chat with a pro. Uh, I took a question this morning just because I happened to be in there. The tweet storms that many of you have come to know and love, most of them, probably 95% of them, are going to be taking place in the Discord. There will be tweet storm channels inside the Fantasy Pass division. Also, uh, of course, HP360 members get that good stuff. Uh, we'll put our, our plays in the wagering division. It's really it's wonderful. It's a wonderful way to communicate with your favorite hoopball experts and with other hoopball listeners who are... And Bruce said it before, like you guys listening to this podcast and people that hang out with us at Hoopball, you guys are the best fantasy players in the world. There's no question. The reason you're here is because you're already in that like 98th percentile and you just want to get to that top, the 99 or, or 100. That's it. You guys already know what you're doing. Go get a, a membership over at hoopdashball.com. Join us in the Discord or see if you win. 
Go retweet that uh, hoopball fantasy contest. Maybe you'll win a, a fantasy pass that way. I'm Dan Vespers. Once again, a very Merry Christmas, everybody. Go win yourself a prize. Sign up at MyBookie with promo code HOOPBALL. Check out our packages. Get into the HoopBall Discord. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. And if you're feeling generous on this Christmas day, if your Christmas spirit is overcoming you, drop a five-star review on this podcast and then have a lovely day with family. We'll be back at you on Monday to break down the weekend in review. That's always fun. Reverse chronological lightning round, our first one of the year. Oh, boy, I'm excited. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.